I'm Carissa Andrews, international best-selling indie author and CEO of Author Revolution. With more than 15 books published, it's safe to say I have made a ton of mistakes in my endeavor to become a full-time author. The most important thing that I've learned in the past decade is that indie authors need to protect their creativity and their serenity. Being an author is a long game, and that's why I'm on a mission to teach other indies just like you how to publish books with a sustainable, rapid-release method. I created the Author Revolution podcast to give you insights and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you do just that. If you're an ambitious author or one in the making who's looking to create a long-term author career and a life you love, you've found your tribe, my friend. Let's get your author revolution underway. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. This week, I have a very special kind of episode. It's a little bit different from what we would normally do because this week, I really wanted to talk about the difference between understanding a creation versus its creator. And part of the reason why this came up is having to do with the implosion (laughs) of my writerly idol, Joss Whedon. Now, for those of you who don't know who Joss Whedon is, he is the creator of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Angel, Firefly. He's also been instrumental with The Avengers and so many more really powerful stories that include very powerful female characters and overall just a really good sense of ironic sense of humor, which is something that I really resonate with. I love an ironic sense of humor. I like when things are funny because you don't expect them. Unfortunately, The irony doesn't just extend to the way that he writes his characters, as we're finding out. It actually is really, ultimately, deeply who he is. And for those of you who don't know, Joss Whedon is kind of imploding right now because there is news, and there has been news for a while, that the person he portrays himself to be, uh, this very feminist, very um, women-supporting man in the television industry, he's really kind of not. He's kind of a dick. (laughs) And it's really, for me at least, kind of disheartening because he's influenced the way that I want to write characters, the way I want to write stories, the way that I love to portray the weird twists and turns that I, I come about. And I even quote him very often because there's a lot of things that I think have value in the way that he says them. And now they're just kind of tainted a little bit by the way that he really is in person. So for those of you who don't know, let's go back into that backstory. There was news this past week that exploded regarding Ray Fisher, and he's been working on Justice League, but he was talking about how the work environment with Joss Whedon was unacceptable, and he was getting a lot of backlash from it, and that Warner Brothers wasn't taking this seriously enough. And what happened was Charisma Carpenter, who is or was uh, Cordelia Chase in Buffy and Angel, she came out and backed his story and said that, you know, she had a very terrible time on both of those sets, that Joss Whedon was very inappropriate, that he was mean in ways that I, I it, from my brain, it's like, how does that even happen other than it being that whole male chauvinistic culture within television that we're kind of seeing come to light a little bit these past, I don't know, five, 10 years. And 
she was talking about how, you know, there were times both on, on Buffy and on Angel where he would belittle her or make her feel bad. Or, for instance, when she was pregnant on Angel, he kept trying to tell her that she was actually ruining the show, actively trying to ruin the show, wanted her to give up the baby or was pressuring her to kind of make that nudge on her own, was belittling her religious choices, um, a lot of different things were, were happening there, calling her fat when she did choose to have the baby. And then once the baby was born, he fired her, which is something I didn't realize. For me, I figured she had the baby. She wanted to spend more time with the baby, and that's why she left Angel. That was just my assumption back at, in the, that time frame, right? And what ended up happening then is that she's gone on all these years later to have you know a really poor self-esteem. And we're not saying that this is a Joss Whedon fault, but it is something that she's had to work through. So she ha confronted this issue. She's having to soak it all in, kind of work through all the, the problems and the dilemmas of it. And sometimes constructively and sometimes destructively. And so she's had eating disorders because of some of this stuff. These are all kind of psychological and emotional implications of when you kind of go through an abusive relationship, which uh, it from the way that this sounds like it was. Now, if it was just Charisma Carpenter, if it was just Ray Fisher, I'd be like, well, maybe they just didn't have a good personality. But the problem was, after Charisma came out, all of a sudden, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Buffy herself, came out. And then Amber Benson, who played Tara in, in Buffy, came out. And we had Michelle Trachtenberg, who played Dawn, came out. And that there was actually a rule that Joss Whedon could not be alone with her in the same room when she was 15 years old. Then we had Eliza Dushku, who played Faith, come out. And we've had James Marsters, Anthony Stewart Head. We've had David Boreanis all come out in support of the victims in this situation. And it's become a much bigger scandal, I guess, than probably anyone anticipated. And what's really interesting about this dilemma is about 2017, he was going, Joss was going through a, a very big divorce with his now ex-wife, Kai Cole. And at the time, she had written a very scathing editorial, actually, about their relationship, about the fact that he is not the man he claims to be. And at the time, I remember thinking, okay, this is kind of the, you know, words of a very upset and vindictive ex-wife is kind of what I was feeling those vibes on. And I remember writing a blog post during that time frame in support of Joss Whedon, because for me, I can't fathom, <laughs> I really cannot wrap my head around how a creator can create something that is so pro-feminist in a lot of ways. I mean, I know there are other issues going on there. If you look at some of the subtext going on in some of the episodes that haven't aged well, but I know the way it impacted me was different. It impacted me that, you know, this person, this man was writing characters that were very pro-female, that were very much, you know, don't underestimate a female just because she's blonde, just because her name is Buffy, she's going to kick your butt. And to me, I love that, um, irony. And I love the way that it, it all kind of jived together because I find, obviously, in reality, people aren't always what they appear. And obviously, this is still the case now, just the wrong direction. It's really kind of one of those things where I wrote the article or wrote the blog post in support of Joss Whedon saying that, you know, I can't believe that a creator who can create these things would be that different because it just, it doesn't work in my brain. I pretty much what you see on my page is what you're gonna get. With the exception of, 
you know, I'm not going to murder anybody. I'm not going to go grab a sword and like attack someone because I write characters who have, you know, badass uh, sword wielding capabilities, nothing like that. And you have to have some darkness in order to create both the light and dark. So you're going to have that as an author. You're going to have that as a creator. He has that, obviously. But when the moral of the story and the way that you create the story, good prevails, and it continues to prevail in all of these stories, one would hope then that the creator believes that as well. But it's, I don't know, just the past couple of years, it's seeming as though that's not necessarily the case. I mean, look at the whole J.K. Rowling situation. She's written these incredible stories that have gone on to show the true depth of good versus evil. And she herself can't see how some of her beliefs and some of the ways that she's at least handling things is not so good. And the same goes for Joss Whedon. Obviously, he hasn't put out any kind of uh, statement or anything like that. But I think the rest of these statements, the rest of the people who are coming forward, it's pretty damning. And unlike the Senate, I can take on new information and go, okay, this is this is what is reality right now. This is the information and the truths that are being passed to me. So I have to take this for what it is. I, I can actually change my mind. So here's how I felt when I heard this news. At first, it was that whole disbelief, right? No way. This can't be happening, really? But as more people came out, it's like, okay, shoot, this is actually real. This is actually a thing that we need to be paying attention to. While it's not the best news, and while we don't want to necessarily go, wow, this guy that I've really idolized for a very long time is really a dick. At the same time, you can't, as people, as authors, we cannot hold on to our previous beliefs so tight that there isn't room for someone to come along and change our minds. And this affects so much more than just the way that we write and it affects more than the way that we are as human beings. I mean, it, it can come down to the way you market, the way you interact with your readers. It can interact with so many different aspects of how you operate as a person and as a human being. Taking on new information and being able to change your mind and critically think about a situation is so important. And doing the right thing is so important. So for me, if Joss Whedon were to come out tomorrow and say, you know what, I've really given a lot of thought to everything that's just happened, to all the people who are coming out, you know, regarding the stuff that went on during those years here's my take on this. This is what I was trying to do, or I thought was funny, or, you know, I was, I was in a place where I thought this was okay, but now I see it's not, he might redeem himself a little bit. If he could come out and he could actually look at the way his behavior was, and that maybe it wasn't as well received as maybe he thought it was at that time, and that he's willing to change, perhaps there's some redeemable quality there. But in the meantime, the way that I feel is that kind of the way that Sarah Michelle Geller said, she said that she, you know, is so happy and supportive to be, you know, a part of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and take on that persona, you know, for the rest of her life. But she doesn't want to be associated with the name Joss Whedon for the rest of her life. And that's powerful. So when I think about my own stuff, like, will I allow Joss Whedon? 
to still be an idol for me or an influence for the way that I write my books? Well, yes and no. I mean, I still believe that the way that he writes and the way that he creates is a very deep and profound artistic expression. But at the same time, I will always want to put it with a caveat now. I will I will want to say that I appreciate his artistic expression, but I think he as a human being needs a little bit of work. And I will always feel like I'm going to have to uh, caveat that or try to make that part right because I just don't feel like I want to give that man too much more of a platform beyond obviously this episode, beyond uh, having this discussion because it's guys like that who can continue to be jerks, who can continue to be, you know, truly evil to their core. And then they get no repercussions from it. They get no consequences because they're higher up because they have more influence. And I'm going to have to say that even though he was an influence in my 20s, I have new influences to this day, new people, women who are absolutely incredible, who I also aspire to. So will I be giving them more clout? Absolutely. Amy Sherman Palladino from Gilmore Girls and uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, she's incredible. She writes fantastic worlds with depth and character and its clarity is amazing. So will I transition a little bit more to supporting and encouraging people to look into those kind of mediums and platforms? You bet. Will I stop talking so much about Angel and Buffy and Firefly and all those things? Yeah, I probably will. And it's not so much because I don't think they're a part of me. They really, really are. But it's also, I've evolved as an author, as a human being, as a person, as a mother, as a woman. So I want to encourage that expression to come out more. I want to be able to talk with people who are really able to support one another. And I want to be able to use my platform as a way to be able to support authors, indie authors, traditional authors, author coaches, other people who really want to be able to learn and collaborate together in a meaningful way. So will I still mention Joss or Buffy? Probably not so much from me. Now, for you as authors, what can you learn from this? What can you take away from this kind of situation? Well, number one, it's that it's very difficult when you are able to tie your name to a particular project to then later on have to disassociate it. So for instance, J.K. Rowling and her Harry Potter books, Stephanie Meyer and her Twilight books, uh, Joss Whedon, Angel Buffy, Firefly, Dollhouse, all those things. So when that happens, and if something bad goes on later on, let's say you had a divorce, maybe right now in the middle of your best series, you're having a great time and you're doing great things, but you have a divorce. And let's say things come out about you that you didn't anticipate. Maybe they get spun in the wrong context, or maybe they're true and you don't want it out into the light. All of this can happen. And when you're stuff is is tied directly to your name, you need to know that you are representing your brand and you're representing everything that you're creating and to hold yourself to a higher standard, I think, than some of these people who think that they're above reproach. So 
be careful, I guess is what I'm saying. Be careful with how you represent yourself and how you're able to go about really showing everybody who you are. So from an author perspective, one of the things that I take away from this is that I'm no longer going to really tie a, an influence that I feel is really powerful to the person itself. I want to instead kind of sit with the creation, the artistic expression, and try to pick out why does it resonate with me? Because even Joss Whedon himself talked about how there are instances where you're going to write something and it will have a consequence that the artist didn't intend. And when that happens, it means that you, as the the receiver of that information, you're going to be taking in the story, the storylines in a new and unique way. One that that artist maybe didn't even intend for you to take it as that. And so sometimes when we're reading books, when we're watching films, when we're watching TV, being able to separate it from its creator, knowing that you as the viewer, as the reader, are interpreting the information in your own unique way is really powerful. It doesn't even mean that that's the way they wrote it or that's the way they wanted it to be seen. It's not even the way, sometimes the the way that it was shot as a, a film or a TV show or whatever. That's just literally the way that you and your personality and everything that you are and how you've come together was able to interpret all of the information coming at you. So when you take that and you go, this is an influence for me, and you create your own thing based upon it, based upon what you like, what you don't like, ultimately, it's really just there as a mirror. It's a mirror for you to let you know what it is you like, what it is you stand for, what it is you're trying to express in your own writing. So I want you to think about that a little bit. I want you to think about, you know, over the course of this week, Who's influenced you in and all the way that you write your books and the way that you come about your characters? Think about how you interpret their art and why you interpret it that way. Is it really the way that they intended for you to view it? Or is it really you taking it on in a new and unique concept or a new and unique way? All right, guys, so I'm going to be putting some links in the show notes for today's episode so that if you're interested in learning a little bit more about this whole fiasco, maybe you're a Joss Whedon fan the way that I was and you didn't know about all of this, that's fine as well. So you're going to want to check out some of these links. I will make sure to post them in today's show notes, as well as you can get the transcript and all of that good fun stuff. So head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 68 to get all of that good stuff. And in the meantime, if you find this as fascinating as I do, because I really do find it fascinating, as much as I don't like to to say that my idol in writing, or one of my first idols in writing, has kind of imploded upon himself, I do like the concept of having to do mental somersaults. I like having to question myself and readjust myself from time to time. I like being able to look more critically at who I am, who I was, and who I'm becoming. And I think that it's a powerful way to be able to really embrace all of the things that we're trying to do as authors. All right, so if you want to continue this discussion, head over to the Author Revolution online community on Facebook, and let's 
continue it. Let's talk a little bit more about what's happened. Why did this happen? And how do you feel you're going to proceed when it comes to talking about TV shows like Buffy or Joss Whedon in general? I'm really curious to see if it's impacted you the same way that it's impacted me. All right, guys. So that's all I have for this week. I really just wanted to have a discussion about this really huge news thing. I felt like I would be remiss if I didn't at least touch on it because I have been a supporter of Joss Whedon throughout my entire writing career. I have posted numerous blogs about him. I have talked about how he's been an influence in my life. I have books where Hellmouth and even character names are referenced. So this is something that really, to me at least, hits home. And maybe it does for you as well. Like I said, think about how this is influencing you and the way that you're going to approach not only creations that you enjoy, but the creators that they come from. And obviously how you as an author are going to be influencing the readers who are reading your work as well. All right, guys, we'll talk to you again next week. And in the meantime, go forth and start your author revolution.